Let's open up our Bibles to Galatians chapter 4. We're going to continue our study here in Galatians chapter 4. Last week we looked at how we're redeemed by the shedding of Christ's precious blood. And uh, it was so wonderful. It just leaves us rejoicing. And uh, what a comfort that is for us. What, what security there is under the blood. Under the blood. God says, when I see the blood, I'll pass over you. No wrath. It's already, it's already appeased. My, so wonderful. We're, we are just so blessed. And, and the depths of mercy when we contemplate the fact that Christ redeemed us with his blood, gave his life for us. He who is God incarnate in the flesh did that for you and I. His people is just leaves us in awe, doesn't it? It leaves us in awe. And then when we learn that at the perfect time, Christ came into this world, made of a made of a woman, right? Conceived by the Holy Spirit of God in Mary's womb. But it was at the exact fullness of time. And when we apply that to our salvation too, that we were saved at the exact second that God wanted us to be regenerated and to know in that day for him to reveal himself to us. Some of us might not be able to remember that exact day. I can't put an exact day on it. I'll be honest with you. But I just know I believe now. I, there was, I, I didn't believe here, and now I believe. Isn't that wonderful? My, oh my. It's just, yeah, I was once blind, now I can see. I was once dead, and now I'm alive in Christ. And it's the same for you, isn't it? Isn't it wonderful? Isn't God so merciful and gracious to us? So what wisdom when we find in these words, when we contemplate the fact that Christ gave his life for us? We contemplate that and think that God himself became a man, right? Something he wasn't. To redeem us. To redeem us out from under the law by the shedding of his precious blood. And, and think, think of the merit and value of Christ's redemption. That it not only saves our souls, but it saves all the elect of all the ages. Think of the merit of that. And, and we're saved based upon his merit, right? We have no merit at all. No merit at all to stand before God. But in Christ, it's by his merit, by his work, that we stand in the presence of God, that we can now boldly come before the throne of grace. Right? It's wonderful. And think of this. Again, think of the merit and value. Think of the value of Christ's redemption. It's not only saved you and I, but it saved a number that no man can number. From sea to sea, beloved. Out of every tribe, kindred, tongue, and nation. That blood. That blood has been applied. For the forgiveness of all our sins. It's wonderful. And he offered his blood before God, didn't he? See, he died before God, didn't he? And he offered himself up to God as the sacrifice of our, for our sins. My, all we are is sinners. We, we have nothing to offer God. Nothing to offer God in our own to gain merit and favor with him. But oh, Christ, he offered himself up for us. So all the merit and favor we have before God is all in Christ by his redeeming us, by his precious, precious blood. It's so wonderful. So let's contemplate this. This infinite greatness 
of the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's read verses 1 to 7 again in Galatians chapter 4. And think of this. All, his blood washes us, washes us clean from all our sins. It's wonderful. Look at this. That the, now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, differ, differeth nothing from a servant, though he be Lord of all, but is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the Father. Even so, we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. So there's our natural state, beloved. That's what we, that's where we are. And we know from Ephesians 2 that we were dead. Like graveyard dead. We, we, we dead. And spiritually. And then it says this. Even so, when we were children, we were in the bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son. What a miracle. God sends his son into this world. The word of God becomes a man. Made of a woman, made under the law. Made under the law to live that perfect life for you and I that we could never do. Look at this. To redeem them, to purchase us. To purchase us, what? That we're under the law. That we might receive the adoptions of, of sons. And because ye are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. That's Father, Father. That's Father in the Hebrew and Father in the Greek in this text. Abba is a Hebrew word. And Father there is a Greek word. Father, Father. In both languages. My. Wherefore thou art no more a servant but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Verse 6. I was going to do verse 6 and 7, but... As I was putting this message together, there was so much in verse 6 that I thought, well, we'll do verse 7 next week. So, but I'm going to read verses 6 and 7 together because they do tie in together. And it says, And because ye are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Wherefore thou art no more a servant but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Look, these are statements of fact. Now, we don't feel that way, do we? But these are statements of fact about us, beloved. Because we're sons, God sent his spirit. Not because of anything we did, but because we're sons. Because God chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world. And then look what it says. He spent the, sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Wherefore, thou art no more servant, which he mentioned in verse 1, right? But a son... That's why we, we've been adopted into the family of God. And if a son, then an heir. These are statements of fact. He's not saying, well, maybe. Maybe if you do this or do that. These are, these are statements of facts. We're born again by the Holy Spirit of God. He, he works in us and moves in us. There's an operation in us. Gives us a new heart that hungers and thirsts after Christ now. And that's because we were sons. You ever think of that? Why me? Because you're sons. Of God's choosing. That's why. We have the answer to that question. We always ask, why me? 
because you're because God chose you. Because it pleased God to choose you. Isn't that wonderful? That's just, this is just amazing, isn't it? Because we all say that. We all say, why me? Why? Oh, my. Because you're sons. Because you're, you're sons. We're going to find out today in, in Sunday morning, we're the hidden ones. We're the hidden ones of God. Hidden from the world. Hidden even from ourselves before we were saved. We're the hidden ones of God. As Vicky brought it, as a, as a hen hides her little chicks when a storm's coming. That's how we are under Christ, in Christ. Hidden. Hidden. Oh, it's beautiful. So all believers, all of us, this, 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 what this is bringing forth is that all believers, right, are adopted into the family of God. How? In and through the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the only way. That's the only way. And, and because you're sons, well, what made us sons? God chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world. Now our finite minds can't grasp that, that truth totally, but we believe it, don't we? By God's grace, we say, this is incredible. God chose me. Do you remember when you played baseball or hockey when you were kids and, and you're picking teams? And because of my hips, I, I, when I played baseball, I was one of the last to get picked. When I played hockey, I was one of the first because I played goalie. And everybody likes to get a goalie, right? But in baseball, because of my hips, I couldn't run very fast. So I was always chose last, which didn't bother me. At least I got to play, right? That's all that mattered to me was that I was going to play. But God chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world, based upon nothing in us. And that's why we're born again. Not because of anything we've done. That's why we're made willing in the day of God's power. Because he chose us in Christ. What mercy. What mercy we see on display here. God sends his son into the world. Sent by him. To redeem us. That means to give his life for us. And then he's, he's redeemed our eternal souls. He's obtained eternal salvation for us. And because we're sons. He sends the spirit to us. Remember he said. I'm going to send you a comforter. There's that promise fulfilled right there. I'm going to send you a comforter. My. And we were chosen in the, before the foundation of the world. We were redeemed by the Son of God. The second person of the Trinity redeemed us, purchased our eternal souls. And he was sent again by the Father to, to, to save us from our sins. And at the point of time, again... We were born again by the Holy Spirit of God. By his power. Not by anything. We got no power. We have no power to save ourselves. We have no power to regenerate ourselves. None. And at that appointed time, the Holy Spirit came into our hearts. And because we were sons, that's why he came. 
Why does he pass by one and save another? There's a son there. There's one over there. There's one over there. Christ said, I'll give my life for the sheep, right? Now, we don't know who they are, so we preach the gospel to everybody, right? And God does his work. We just leave it. This is the thing. Leave it in the hands of the Lord. Salvation's his, his work. From beginning to end, it's his work. We're just, we are receivers of this wonderful grace and mercy. That's immeasurable. You can't measure it. And we, we all testify of that, don't we? This grace, this mercy, we can't plumb the depths of it. We, we look down into it and we say, oh, from eternity. And there's more and more and more because this love is everlasting love. It's a love that you cannot find the bottom. In verse 6, look at this. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Look at this. Look at this phrase right here in verse 6. Because you're sons. God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. Why, one might ask. Well, why, why, why did God send the spirit of his son into the hearts of his people? Because we're sons. Because Christ redeemed us. Because the Father chose us in Christ. See, the Trinity works together, don't they? Somebody said, well, where's man's decision there? <laughs> We're made willing in a day of God's power. The Holy Spirit. Do we willingly run to Christ? Absolutely. No one will deny that. But only because we're made well and, and because we're sons, right? The Spirit comes into our heart, grants us faith and repentance before God, right? Because faith and repentance are like the same side of a piece of paper, just opposite sides. And we, we, we're granted faith and repentance before God, and we believe. By God-given faith, we believe. We believe on the Lord Jesus Christ because we're sons. That happens only because we're sons. This, is, this is makes salvation so incredible. I, I, I understand because I was there, but I don't understand because, because of what I know now. Why do people kick against the pricks of election? It's so wonderful because we know we would never have chosen God. But he chose us, and because we're sons, he sends the Spirit into our hearts. Now we cry, right? Did we cry, Abba, Father, before? No, we didn't. I didn't even know the word Abba, to be honest with you. Abba, Father, we cry now. Father, my Father, what mercy you've had upon me in Christ. My. And note here, note here, the Spirit of God is not, this is key too, the Spirit of God is, is not sent into heart, our hearts to make us sons. It's because we're sons. God's made us sons. You see? Look, let's read it again. And because you're sons. It doesn't say it, God sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your heart. It doesn't say 
It doesn't say God sent forth the spirit of his son and now you're sons. No, it says and because you're sons. Brother Zane, God chose you before the foundation of the world in Christ. And because you're his son, he's, he sent the Holy Spirit of God into your hearts. And that's true for every one of us. That just leaves us in awe, doesn't it? It just leaves us in awe. It's incredible. So the Spirit's not sent into the hearts of God's people to give them a relationship by which they might become children. We're already God's people. Even when we're dead in trespasses and sins, we're already, because you're sons, God sent forth the Spirit. This is incredible. What love, what forgiveness, what mercy is, is found in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is immeasurable, like I said earlier. And, and the reason, again, that the, the Spirit sent into hearts is because we're sons from, from the foundation of the world. We were chosen in Christ. That's undeniable, isn't it? It's in Scripture, Ephesians 1, verse 4. Because they were sons, God in his grace and his mercy, and that's, that's all it is. It's grace and mercy, number one, that Christ redeemed us. It's grace and mercy, number one, that, that God chose us in Christ. It's grace and mercy, God's grace. In God's mercy, that Christ redeemed us. And then again, look at this the whole trinity in action, right? It's God's grace and mercy that the Holy Spirit is sent into our hearts, whereby now we cry, Abba, Father. Christ in us, the hope of glory, beloved. We didn't have that before. Why can we get such peace? We, we can be anxious one minute, and then we can get such peace the next. That's the Holy Spirit of God working in us, beloved. And we've all experienced that, haven't we? It's amazing. God's peace, God's understanding, that he sheds abroad in our heart is, is remarkable. And even when, if we're up, Christ is with us. If we're down, Christ is with us. If we're in between, Christ is with us. All the time. Here, never leave us, nor forsake us. Never. Never, ever, ever. Oh, my. Because, because they were sons, God in his grace and mercy sends the spirit of his son, which was promised again in John, spirit of his son into our hearts. And we cry, Abba, Father. Well, someone might say, well, where, where is that? Where's that found? Turn, if you would, to Ephesians chapter chapter 1, and then put your finger in Romans chapter 8. Where's this found that talks about God's mercy and grace showing to, to we who are sinners before the foundation of the world? Where's this found? Ephesians chapter 1. Let's read verses 3 to 6. Blessed, no wonder Paul wrote these words like this. Again, these are words of the Holy Spirit of God. He's been inspired to write these words, right? Always remember that the true author of the whole scriptures is God, the Holy Spirit. God, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Now we just look at that and go, praise God. He's wonderful. But it continues, look at this. According as he has chosen, that means, that means to choose in the Greek. There's no way to get around it. That means to choose. And Paul's writing to believers, remember? He's not writing to the world. He's writing to believers. And he says, according as he, being God, had chosen us in him, that's in Christ, before the foundation of the world. That's before the foundation of the world. That's not figurative language. That's real. That's literal. 
before the foundation of the world. My. Why? That we should be holy and without blame before him in love. See, that's the final destination, isn't it? When we're glorified, we'll be without blame before him in Christ. We're already without blame before him in Christ in, in, in the flesh right now because our sins are forgiven, even though we're still sinners. But there'll be a time, beloved, when we will appear before him holy and without blame. And this is, this is why we're being conformed to the image of the sun right now. We're stones being made ready. He's chipping away at us, right? Well, we're here on this earth. Oh, look at this. Having predestinated us unto the what? The adoption of children. That's what we're looking at. That's what we're looking at in Galatians chapter 4. The adoption of children. By Jesus Christ. According, or by Jesus Christ to himself. Look at this. There's what you said, Dave. According to what? The good pleasure of his will. My. That's spectacular. To the, and and here, here's our cry, right? To the praise of the glory <laughs> of his grace. Wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. Paul's contemplating these, right? And then he just breaks out in praise. <laughs> his heart's overflowing. Oh, my. Now turn, if you would, to Romans chapter 8. Oh, my. And then we're going to go back to Rome, or Galatians chapter 4 right after that. So we saw there, having predestined us into the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, and that all happened in eternity. Romans chapter 8, verses 29 and 28. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate. What? Now people say, well, I don't agree with that predestination stuff, or I don't agree with that election stuff. Let me have a question for folks like that if they profess to be believers. You got something wrong with being conformed to the image of the sun? <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. No argument there. Nope. No argument there. Nope. Not at all. That he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. Oh, he called us in time, didn't he? And whom he called, them he also justified. We were justified by Christ. In whom he justified them, he also glorified. There's our final destination. To be with him holy and without blame in love. Let's go back to Galatians chapter 4, verse 6, and we'll read that again. This is clearly a work of God that we have, that we have in this verse. We've seen, we've seen that we're heirs in verse 1, and that's by God's choosing. And then we've seen redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. And now we see regenerated by the Holy Spirit of God. Look at this. And because you are sons, verse 4, or verse 6, I mean, sorry, Galatians 4, 6. Oh, this is a work of God. God sends. God sends. Notice that too. God sends. He sent his son, and now he's sending the Spirit. Isn't that, isn't that amazing? What love. What love for God has for his people. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of, your, of his son into your hearts. He did it. He, this is a work of God, beloved. It's not a work of man. It's not man deciding. Although, again, we run to Christ. Look at this. Into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. We see God in action, don't we, in this verse? It's all, we're being acted upon. 
It's wonderful. One minute we're living a life and are dead in trespasses and sins, don't, not caring for God, not caring for anything. <laughs> and then we're regenerated by the Holy Spirit of God. And now <clears throat> we're just praising his name. We don't understand everything, do we? We're, we're a little baby. When, when the Lord first saves us, we're like a little wee baby. And it's him that has us grow. Right? It's him that has us grow and learn. He molds us into the, the image of his son. It's his work. It's the fruit of the spirit, not the fruit of the flesh. It's the fruit of the spirit. We know what the fruit of the flesh is, right? It, it's, it's already, we're going to see that when we study Galatians 5. My, oh my. But this is, this is wonderful. This is God acting upon us. He sends forth the spirit of his son. He sends the Holy Spirit into the hearts of his people. This is wonderful. And there's nothing in our text or anything in the whole of God's word that even hints on something that man has to do to be adopted. Nothing. It's all God, like we see here. It's all God. It's all him. That's mercy, isn't it? So think of that now. Think of the love that we have for the Savior now. We never had that before. Now we love him. God sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts. And we cry, Abba, Father. My. Again, we have no merit in ourselves to receive the Holy Spirit of God. Nothing. Turn, if you would, to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. We're not saved by any works of man of any kind. Not the will of man. Not by the obedience of God. God's laws. It's because we are sons. God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. Now, now we desire to be obedient to God now, don't we? Of course we do. Of course, we, we hate our own sin. Do, do any of us want to sin still? We don't want to, do we? But we do, unfortunately, because we're sinners. But it's not our desire anymore. It's not our, and when we do sin, we're convicted, aren't we? But praise be to God, beloved, we have a Savior. And he's washed us from all our sins. All of them. We've been redeemed. Oh, my. Christ has redeemed us. And now, now we're sons. We were always God's sons in his mind. But in time and place, when we're regenerated, born again, the scripture says we're adopted into the family of God. Look at John 14, verses 16 to 18. And I will pray the Father. Now, this is the words of Christ, right? He's going to give comfort to his disciples here. And we see this fulfillment in the verse we're studying today. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, capital C, that's the Holy Spirit, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, so he's the comforter for his, God's people, and he's the spirit of truth. What's he going to do? Whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him. Look at this. For he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. And he, he is the one who teaches us, beloved, the things of Christ. All we know about Christ this is why, isn't that sermon, 
that you gave me is there's no room for boasting. There's no room for us to boast in anything, in what we've learned. There's no room for, for our boasting. Everything we know about Christ is a gift. Yeah. It's, it comes to us from mercy. God's mercy. And then think of this. Even in our lives, whatever vocation we did, God gave us the knowledge to do that so that we could live in this world. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? And we're all different. We all do different things. And, and here we are. Now we're one in Christ, right? From all different walks, different personalities, and here we are. One in him. My. My God is so good to us. He's so good to us. Let's go. Oh, see that verse there in John uh, 14, 18? I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. In the Greek, literal Bible, it says this. I will not leave you as orphans. Well, that sure ties into our verse, doesn't it? I am coming to you. You're not an orphan. No. We won't come. So, yeah, exactly. We won't come to him. So he comes to us. I'm going to read that in the Greek literal again. I will not leave you as orphans. I am coming to you. And then look at Galatians 4, 6. Go back there again. And we'll read that with, I'll read that Greek literal Bible again. Let's turn back to Galatians chapter 4, verse 6. This is just, this is magnificent. This is just magnificent. I'll read John 14, 18 again. He says, I will not leave you as orphans. I am coming to you. We know in John, in John uh, 14 there, we just read that he's going to send the comforter, right? Won't leave us comfortless. We'll always have the comforter with us. And look at this. And because ye are sons... I'm not going to leave you as orphans. Right? God has sent the spirit of his son into your hearts. He come to us. Right? Crying to Abba Father. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful, beloved? My. Because you're sons, you are God's promised children. We are God's promised children, beloved. By God's choice. By God's choice. And because Christ redeemed us with his blood, because there is therefore now no condemnation to us in Christ Jesus, nothing can be laid to the charge of God's elect. Nothing. That's amazing. That's grace. That's mercy. Isn't it? That's just... It's just incredible. And now we cry, Abba Father. Let us never lose sight of these important truths. Turn, if you would, to Galatians chapter 3. Look at this. Galatians chapter 3, verses 2 and 3. This is beautiful. It ties right in again with our verse. Because your sons, God sent forth the spirit of his son in your hearts, crying out of Father. Look at this in Galatians 3, 2. This only will I learn of you. Received ye the spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Was it by something you did? Or was it by God's power? Right? Are you so foolish? And remember, they're being, they're being bewitched by the Judaizers. And he says, again, this is the words of the Holy Spirit. Are you so foolish? Having begun in the Spirit, are you now made perfect by the flesh? No. 
flesh can't make us. All, all, all our flesh can do is it's our worst enemy, isn't it? It just leads to death. But praise be to God, we're born again. God, by the miracle of the new birth, sets his children free. We're free. We are free indeed. Free in Christ. My, free from the, the power of Satan. Free from the power of darkness. Free from the power of sin. Free from the power of self. My, free from the curse of the law. All in the Lord Jesus Christ in him alone. And this is a miracle performed by God under the preaching of the gospel. Wow, it's just, it's absolutely incredible. So Paul is setting forth here before, before the Galatians the foolishness of the Judaizers in saying that one could be justified by their works because it's all the work of the Spirit of God. It's all the work of the Trinity. We're saved by God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, beloved. It's a total work of him. My. Romans 10, verse 17 says, So faith is from hearing and hearing through the word of God. My. And let we who are the born-again, blood-washed people of God always remember that having begun in the Spirit, we cannot be made perfect by the flesh. Aren't you happy the Lord took together any religion that was like that? I'm so thankful. He didn't leave me in those messes I got myself into. And now I've learned about God's grace, His true grace, and how freeing and how liberating it is. And how merciful God is. He sent a son, and then he sends a spirit into our hearts, crying, I have a father. My gosh, it's mercy upon mercy. For sinners like we. It's amazing. For by one offering hath he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. God's promised children have been made perfect by what Jesus Christ has done for us. We're sanctified in God's sight by what Christ has done for us, not by anything in us. So rejoice, beloved. We're made righteous in God's sight in and through the Lord Jesus Christ. It's all him. It's all him. All him. We're complete. We are complete in Christ. I love that when Paul says that in Colossians. We're complete. We feel so imperfect. And he says, you're complete in Christ. Oh, my. Can it be true? Yes, God said it. And it's true, isn't it? If God said it, it's absolutely true. We are complete in Christ. The world looks at us and sees a bunch of sinners. But praise God, we're complete in Christ. And because we're sons, God sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts. And now, now, beloved, we cry, Abba, Father. See that word Abba there in the, in the, the text? Let's read it one more time. I've got to finish up with this because this is important. See there it says, uh, And because you are sons, God sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. That word Abba in the New Testament is only used three times. It's used here. Then it's used over in Romans 8.15. 1 
For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. That's Romans 8, 8, 15. Now turn, if you would, to Mark. This is, I think, the most important position where this word is used. Oh, look at this. Mark chapter 14. We'll read verses 32 to 36. This is the third time where this word is used. Third time as I was looking it up. It's actually the first time it's used in the New Testament and in Romans and in Galatians. But look at this. Our Lord's in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he uses this word, beloved. He proclaims the title of our great God in the Garden of Gethsemane. Abba. Look at verse 32. And when they came to a place which was named Gethsemane, and he says to his disciples, Sit ye here while I shall pray. And he taketh with him Peter and James and John and began to be sore amazed and to be very heavy. So all that's it's coming upon him. Right? And he saith unto them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful unto death. Tarry here, ye here and watch. And he went a little he went forward a little and fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba. Our Savior, our head said that. And the body says it too, don't we? Abba. And he says the same words here. Notice this. Abba, Father. All things are possible unto thee. Take away this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what thou will. Abba. Abba, Father. The same cry. We cry the same cry as our Savior cried. Abba, Father. Because we're sons. God has sent the Spirit of His Son, right? The Holy Spirit of God. Abba, Father. My. Abba, Father there, trans, transliterated from uh, Aramaic, is this. Father, my Father. Father, my Father. My, what mercy God has upon us. And the word Abba in Hebrew means father. The word father is a Greek word for father. This shows here in our text and where the Lord cried that both in Hebrew and Greek, God the Father is the father of both Jews and Gentiles. Isn't that amazing? What a little nugget there, eh? This shows that he is the, he's the father. God's people are people out of every tribe, kindred, tongue, and nation. Abba, Hebrew, Jewish Christians. Father, Greek, Gentile dogs <laughs> that we are. We cry with the other believers. Abba, Father. Father, my father. All because of the Lord Jesus Christ.